Philo community. Welcome to the Philo podcast. I don't know about you, but I'm really enjoying the summertime. I mean, I have some good, good experiences with my family. Been doing some tree farming, which is maybe a story for another time. But yes, do some tree farming in the summertime. And then dreaming about all the future Philo things we got cooked up. We've been looking into the future of Philo. So it's been really great. Over the summer too, I was helping a friend recently fill in as TD. So he needed a vacation. And so I said, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll step in. I was super impressed with the team of volunteers that he had built up around him. These were people not just doing tasks, but owners making things happen. And it made my job so much easier since this huge team of regular people were owning their areas and making the service happen. I felt like I was just there to, you know, open doors and stuff. Uh, having a team of owners doesn't just happen when you need a vacation. And my friend, he's been empowering these people every week and giving them meaningful ownership, not just a task list to get done. And as someone who has volunteered in production, it's so much more enjoyable when I'm not just waiting for direction, but when I know what needs to happen and why, and I can just get right to it. And that's what Alan's team was like. And it was really fun to be a part of a highly functioning team. And it was nice to know also that I was helping out someone take a much needed vacation. I mean, I had so many people come up to me at the church saying, thank you so much for filling in for Alan. He needs a vacation so bad. Like, yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah, so it was really great. So there are two things about this experience of filling in as a TD. First, don't wait until you need a vacation before you start building a team of owners. And second, take a vacation. You need a vacation. So start tomorrow building that team of owners. And one of my other favorite things so far this summer is that I've been leading a Philo cohort group. And in one of our meetings recently, we ended up spending a good bit of our time talking about burnout and Some of the people were really feeling it. Some weren't as much at that particular moment, but we could all relate and offer support to those of us who were in need. And it really has become a community of technical artists supporting each other, not only during the cohort itself, but we also have access to Slack channels, to just our immediate cohort, as well as to everyone who's been involved in a cohort at any time. And the Slack channels have been a great place to ask questions about gear or process or just to ask for prayer or whatever. Um, So by the time this podcast comes out, my cohort in the summertime will be done and we'll be gearing up for another round coming up soon. And so if you're interested in joining a Philo cohort, you could check out philo.org slash coaching to get more information and to join the waiting list. And if you're on the waiting list, you'll have first dibs to sign up when the new round of cohorts gets announced. Okay, now to the podcast. We have Chad Vegas with us on this episode. He's the video production director at Transformation Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you know what? We had never actually met before this conversation, and uh, we had a really great chat about stuff way beyond gear and video technique and spent most of our time talking about the heart of production and the state of our own hearts during production. So let's get to it. Chad, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we've been trying to schedule this for a while, and uh, we had you at the Philo Conference, which was really great, and then I'm sure nobody will be surprised that uh, your schedule is bonkers, so, uh, (laughs) you know, trying to figure out when exactly we could do this. Um, Yeah, we landed on today, so welcome to the podcast. Oh, yeah, thanks. It's it's an honor, and um, yeah, just glad to be here and glad to be of help to people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of what your role is now, what you're doing, and then let's back up then and f- kind of talk about how you ended up where you are yeah. right now. 
Yeah, um, so I am the video production director for Transformation Church out here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our senior pastor is Pastor Mike Todd. Some of you know him. Some of you don't. I didn't know about him until uh, I was actually doing a consultation with him. Uh, so <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very interesting, um, especially out on the West Coast. It's starting to get there now where people are starting to know who Transformation is and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, at the, Tulsa, at the time, come on. Yeah, no, yeah. for real, right? <laughs> Tulsa. That's the biggest question. A lot of them were like, Wait, you left California for Tulsa? I right. don't God. That's all I can say is God. Because that's, that's the uh, only that's thing. That's a great answer. That, you yeah. Know, like, um, yeah. So, but yeah, uh, I'm out here. We are currently under construction in the arena. We have a 5,000-seat arena that we're basically putting sound treatment in and doing a bunch of just things so that our neighbors won't hate us. Oh, jeez, uh, right. Um, when they bought the place, um, it actually was almost empty for like, almost 10 years. Oh, wow. Because they couldn't do any events because it wasn't properly treated. Okay. And so the neighbors, every time they do an event, the neighbors would basically call the cops and be like, hey, you got to turn it down. Oh, you know? wow. So they, they decided when COVID happened, it was like just the perfect timing to be like, well, we can't have people in the building. Let's go ahead and start construction. Sure. And so, yeah, they've been doing construction. And then at the same time, they're like, well, let's upgrade our broadcast video and audio. So, yeah, we're getting there. Hopefully, as soon as construction finishes soon, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll be in there. And uh, I think I was telling you earlier, it's like, man, sometimes I feel homeless just because like, I constantly move into a different spot within within the building, Yeah, you know, as they do construction. <laughs> so, but yeah. Nice. So you said God was the reason you ended up in Tulsa, but what were you doing before then? And I'd really be interested in the, like, how you got from where you were to Tulsa. Yeah, basically, I was out there at Bethel, and I'd been on staff for about five years, and I started as a camera op, and through a series of events, God ended up putting me over broadcast video at Bethel. And when I did that, um, it just happened to be the same time the production manager was was shifting out and we had a new production manager. So we basically sat down and was like, what do we want it to look like? How sure. do we want it to look? You know, uh, and that's where the whole cinematic broadcast style was kind of birthed for houses of worship, I should say. Yeah. And within that, growing within that and really just trying my best to try to do something different in video. COVID happened uh, after about two and a half years, three years of being over video. And when everything shut down, I started getting a lot of direct messages about, hey, you know, can we sit down for a couple of minutes? Just we need to know how to stream. We haven't sure. been streaming. And for me, I just saw it as the perfect opportunity to actually be of service to others and be like, hey, yeah, sure. You know, everybody's in this together because overnight it just like collapsed right. and, right. okay, now everybody has to go to streaming. You know, even right, those right. that were streaming before, now they're looking at their infrastructure and they're like, oh man, what are we, we actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, we actually are, don't know what we're doing. We yeah. Right. Yeah. Even for us, like we, we had to go into new territories like okay how do we keep them engaged how do we right. you know because yeah. now it's a totally different vibe 
my assistant schedules me usually like weeks out when people, you know, ask me for help. And this person uh, who's our production director here, Jeremy, he reached out and it's like, hey, we're going to be, you know, looking for a production, a video production guy and uh, wanted to pick your brain on what we should look for. Okay. And uh, so usually I'm spaced out a few weeks and I was like, yeah, hey, just email my assistant. She'll get you on there, you know? Yeah. Within two days, she had me scheduled with him. I'm like, oh, that's a little unusual, but okay, you know? Sure. And she turns out she was just a big fan. Her and her family are big fans of Transformation and Mike Todd. Okay, all right. And so <laughs> she's like, ah, I want I want to get him in on, you know, Fast early. track, yeah, right. Yeah, fast track him. <laughs> and uh, so I hop on a call with him, and immediately his, his, his questions were more towards the heart of how I do what I do versus like, hey, all this tech stuff. And so I was like, okay, this is a cool conversation to have, you know? Yeah. It's something different for me. I get to, you know, talk into why I do what I do. And the whole time he's talking about, he's like, have you heard of Tulsa or Transformation Church in Tulsa? And I'm like, Honestly, I've not I've never heard, heard of Tulsa. Of, never yeah. heard of yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, I never even heard of them. And so he's like basically explaining. And for those that don't really know, I'll just, just it kind of helps put things into context. Sure, right. Yeah. Uh, so in 2014, the church had about 400 ish members. And that's when Pastor Mike preached a message on relationship goals. And a clip from that somehow got to somebody, some celebrity person, and they tweeted out the clip and it went viral. Okay. And almost overnight, uh, the church kind of like, whoa, like went to, I think overnight, the video had like almost 2 million views or something like that. Oh, geez. Wow. And so he ended up hearing God talk about like, hey, you should make this a book. Let's. So he wrote a book. And from 2014 up until 2020, the church grew from 400 some odd people to over 5,000 people. So rapid growth, crazy growth to the point where they ended up being able to purchase the arena here that we're in currently. Mm -hmm. They went from a, gosh, I think it was like not even, it might have been like a thousand seat building. Right. And like I go there today to the back to the campus to look for it's kind of like storage and stuff now. Sure. So I go f- to look for stuff. And it's funny because you go in there and you really uh, I think I can't remember who said it. I think it was our production director, Jeremy. He goes, it really is like this place was just held up with duct tape and dreams. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? yeah, a great combination. Yeah. Yeah. It was like <laughs> duct tape and dreams. Like, you know, things are just jerry rigged and and just stuff that we grew up in. Like I grew up in because I grew up in the church and stuff that I had to make do. You know, I, I remember days when it, there was an ultra studio that was acting up and the only way I could get it to work is by gaffing it to a wall and putting it at like a 30 degree angle so that the cable could hang correctly. I'm like, I'm like, we can stream today. We're good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So going from that to now just having some favor in this area where God's just blessing transformation church and, you know, us being able to have an arena, not only get an arena, but to be able to have, 
it totally retrofitted for the future and what we're wanting to do and where where the church is going. So he was explaining all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I started feeling this pull towards Tulsa. And I'm like, now I'm so comfortable here. There's nothing like. Yeah, that's the wrong I got a thing good to thing. say right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a good thing here. Nothing. You know, I'm yeah, good. I Lord, got everything. Thank you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I got off the call and our hearts just connected like I with, with Jeremy. And I got off the call and I'm like, immediately I was like, Lord, what are you doing? You yeah, know, yeah. I'm like, oh. And so about a week goes by and I couldn't stop like that all throughout that week. Like every night, my wife and I were like, watching Transformation Church on YouTube and like, like, what is it? What is it, Lord? Like we feel, but we don't, you know? And so a week goes by and I get a call and they're like, hey, listen, our director can't make it this weekend for recordings. Could you come up? And I'm like, "Eh, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Let's see if I can make it work out. You know, here's my, here's my day rate, you know? Yeah. And, I said, if this is cool, then, you know, I'm I'm cool to come. And so, like, five minutes later, like, yeah, hey, that's cool. Let's fly you up. And so the next day I was on a on a plane <laughs> to Tulsa. And I'm like, okay, Lauren, I don't know what's happening, but. I'm guessing from Reading to Tulsa, there's a few flights involved there. Yeah, yeah. It's a, <laughs> there's no direct it's a, flights. <laughs> it's a literally, I think it's about a 12-hour oh total day. Yeah. So it's a full, full travel day. <laughs> yeah, I leave at like 5 a.m. and I get to Tulsa at like 9 10, to 10 p.m. Oh sometimes. My yeah. But yeah, get here. The next day I get into the church and immediately I feel this tug in my heart and God's like, this is, I think this is where you're supposed to be. Mm. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe God, I don't know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, you know, and throughout that week, God was just, that I was here, God was just confirming certain things. I would get moments when I was like, man, I really feel... Like, I've been with these people for, like, years, you know? Mm. Just that feeling of of friendship and community that just, like, immediately evolved. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing, God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, long story short, about, gosh, two months later, we kind of went on that journey. I brought my wife up, mm-hmm. and my wife came down here, and even for her... Usually it would take like, maybe let's pray about it. You know, for her, as soon as she was here on that day that we were recording, she was like, we're moving here. And so literally that day we started looking at property and looking at houses. And yeah, God just like, we decided to take a big step of faith for us, even in just like before we left, we already had an offer on a house. Wow. And we're like, Let's do this. Like we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. You know, yeah, like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna step out in faith, Lord. And even before I had the full offer from transformation, mm-hmm. I really felt called to the church itself. Okay. So for me and my wife, it was like I think it's time for us to really get uncomfortable again. Yeah, and and step out in faith and do this. And uh, yeah, 
the rest, as they say, is history. Sure. A lot of what you're talking about rings true for me at a couple moments in my life. And I'm curious, was this kind of your first instance where you felt like God kind of pushing you to something? Or yeah, was this a totally new experience? Or have you had moments you know, before in your yeah. life where like God has really been pushing you in a direction? Uh, this would be the second time. Okay. The first time was leaving our church in Las Vegas to go to Bethel. Okay. But that wasn't much, I guess, as much as a faith move. Uh That was more my wife wanted to go to the school. We really felt God was calling us there because she really wanted to go to the school of ministry and stuff. And I was like, okay, let's do it. You know, and at the time I was freelance, completely freelance, so I could work from travel from every anywhere and uh but it was a little bit of a step of faith this one for us was really huge in the fact that like okay we're going into it already purchasing a house you know and the offer is not fully signed yet it's uh-huh. a, just a verbal promise you know and yeah. so it's like if if something happens and this doesn't take lord what are you bringing in us here yeah. you know and <laughs> yeah. And really, uh, now that I look back on it, this wasn't a move for uh, just myself and my, you know, my calling. It was really for my family. Mm. And to have the opportunities here for my family that doesn't really exist in Redding, California. Sure. Especially it's a small town in Redding, things like that. So having the the ability to be able to do activities with my family and things yeah. like that easier than having to drive two and a half hours to the airport in Sacramento when we have to fly out to somewhere international right, or, right. you know, stepping out in faith here was definitely bigger, but it would, it would be the second time we'd actually been more like, okay, you know, this yeah. one was definitely more like, Oh, Lord. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? You know? Yeah, when I was uh, working in Michigan and uh, Willow Creek came calling, you know, I wasn't super interested. uh, But I'm like, I'll talk to you, but I'm not, you know, I don't want to move. I got everything. I'm comfortable. I love it here. And then, you know, sort of got blindsided by God. Different than your wife. My wife was like, when I told her, like, something just happened to me and I'm not sure what to do about it. She's like, well, I can tell you one thing. We're not moving to Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Uh, but we did. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's, okay. uh, I mean, I, like the faith journey is not something that feels super obvious from a tech person's standpoint. You know, it's like not something we talk about or maybe even experience. Right. Uh, what makes me sad a little bit because it's so easy to kind of disconnect yourself from what God's doing because it, I'll just speak from my own experience. A lot of times right. I'm back here in the booth or in the video control or whatever, and God is moving like over there. Right. And I'm just, he, I'm over here instead of like God wants to move and work in me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just not paying attention to it. Right. No, totally. And it's it's really part of, I realized when I got out here that I even was getting starting to get disconnected from even cutting a sermon because mm. I was like I was so involved into the worship aspect and you know getting these shots and you know trying to my whole goal is for people at home to feel what it's like in the room mm-hmm. and I was so focused on the worship part 
that it wasn't until I got here that I realized when it got to the sermon, I was just back in robot mode and uh. cuttings from camera one, two, and three. Yeah, right. You know, just to get coverage and kind of listening to the message, but not really. Right, right. You know, or here, our pastors are so like adamant about looking into the camera and making sure they connect with people that I really had to pay attention to tally and making sure that they know where I'm going. Yeah. And at, so at the same time, I had to start to really retrain myself on how to listen to the message itself. And that for me has been a game changer in, in essence of like not now disconnecting after worship, but yeah. really paying attention and actually getting something out of the message then and there instead of going back later and watching it. And it's hard as a tech person to definitely get into that. I wouldn't really call it rut, but to get into something of that, that you know, where you kind of got get comfortable of just like, it's the sermon's sure, the day-to-day right. thing, you know? Yeah, this, yeah, the sermon kicks in and I can. this is when I can do email or right. you know, catch up on other work that needs to get done, especially when you're talking about the second time or the third time or even, so I was working at a church this past weekend and it was a, a resi feed, you know? So like during the message, I just have to make sure the thing keeps playing. I, I don't have to right. worry about the camera shots when the graphics go up, like I even have less to do. Yeah, which maybe yeah. makes it you know that I should be paying attention more to the to the content. You know, it's like I have the opportunity, right, yeah. but I think yeah. it's so easy to, the the worship and the transitions and all the stuff that's happening before the message takes so much effort. Right, that it's nice to kind of okay, I can take a breather now. And yeah, 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 and I think that's the hard kind of thing to kind of to really balance. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the work-life balance, right? Like being able to make sure that we shut off at the end of the day when we leave yeah, and not be at home on our phones working. Right. Which is the hardest thing, even <laughs> in production, you know, especially in production because there's always something happening. Or my wife likes to say, she's like, when you come home, you put YouTube on and you – put another church on or you put, you know, an event on and she goes, that's working. I go, yeah, you're right. That's true. That's so true because I'm just wanting to see how others do stuff and all this stuff, you know, yeah. or watching even American Idol or something like that right. can even be, sometimes it can just take me into work mode. Oh, that's right. a great shot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so finding that balance is even the same as trying to even in within service. It's like, that's the questions I'm actually asking myself now. It's like, Chad, how do I find that balance where I can actually still function, do the job, but at the same time, during the sermon at least, get what I what I what God's trying to tell me through our pastor. You know, right, right. What makes you able to relax is that you know how to do the job. You know the rhythm. You know, you know what shots to take and. Like you, you get really good at that. And instead of leveraging that muscle memory for the ability to pay attention to the content, usually we like use that energy to do something else. Right. Yeah. I was talking to somebody yesterday, just how easy it is as for us as tech people to sort of get into the tech mode. You know, it's like, 
I don't have to, I mean, you don't have to convince me. You don't have to like ask me to, it's like, I go there, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, watching yeah. TV. Yeah. I'm, I'm in there. I'm like, Oh, I, this mix stinks or the, you know, I, I love these camera shots yeah. or the lighting's great. Or, you know, it's like, I don't have to, you don't have to uh, worry about that, but it's the, like, how am I going to use being so, okay, I'm going to work on being so prepared that I can do this with excellence. And then what am I going to do with my little bit of margin now? Am I right. Gonna, Pay, right. Like actually listen to what the message is trying to say. Yeah. And that's a good point too that you brought up is getting to a spot where you're doing it with excellence. Mm-hmm. It's not just on Sundays. Like it has to be throughout the week as well. Like yeah. I think that's actually a really good point to to really talk about is because I'm thinking through now and I'm like, man, if I would have just prepared so-and-so-and-so or this and this and that, right, before yeah. Sunday, then Sunday I could have not been needing to worry about this or right, right. I could focus better on the, the actual message right? instead of having to try to put out a fire or, you know. And, yes, on Sundays that's game day. Everybody comes in with with excellence in mind and wanting to do it. But what about through the rest of the week? You know, yeah. are we are we just kind of like, yeah, we'll get to it, or are we going to actually get in there, run tests, do you know, sure. on a week to week basis? Especially, especially here on a week right now, for instance, we're in a a ballroom. Uh, we had to move into a ballroom because we were so we were in the arena. We had to move out of the arena into the, our lobby okay. because yeah. they were going to do the arena construction. Now they're going to do the lobby construction. Right. So we moved and into the arena's a ballroom. Not ready. Yeah, right. Yeah, the <laughs> arena's not ready. And so there's so many different variables that switch throughout the week. Yeah. And so I could e- easily say, well, the cameras are set. Everything is good. There shouldn't be any changes. Right. Uh, you know, and then come Sunday and like scrambling and oh what's happening why is this different I mean or throughout the week actually keep practicing keep doing something you know right, that right. would would actually prepare me and set me up for success on a Sunday yeah I think for me I uh, would oftentimes say to my team like what what needs to happen on Thursday yeah let's do it if we can do it on Thursday why wouldn't we and so let's yeah. figure everything else out so that when the weekend comes around, I have margin for right. like the pastor wants to go in a different direction. I'm ready for that. Yeah. But if I'm scrambling to do the things I didn't do on Thursday, then yeah, I, yeah. I don't have margin to follow. Yeah. Yeah. And even, I mean, we're kind of talking on the bigger church scale, but even in the smaller church, even if you're streaming with just an iPad or, or something, there is, there is a way that you can bring out excellence in that, you know, like taking, you know, checking the audio feed throughout the week and making sure your audio is even better than the week before. Right, right. Even, yeah, I'm streaming on an iPad or an iPhone. Hey, see if you can get some lights in there, put some lights up to make it look a little better, you know? Right. But yeah. Yeah. And I think things can get so crazy that uh, we don't ever go back and look at how, how did the stream look? How did it sound? And, you know, the, the thing that Maybe people are talking about it, but I don't think it's common knowledge. Like you spend a lot of time at transformation, making sure things keep getting better. It's not just an automatic thing. Oh, I have all the money. Yeah. I have all the gear I want. We got all the people. Right. No, it takes like work to, to okay, let's dial this in another yeah. notch. Right. It's not just automatic. Yeah. And it's not, 
it's not something that we we're doing because we want to be the best of the best or anything. It's really just falls into excellence. Just like I, you know, one of the things I always say, and it's just like my life's, there's two things, like I guess, like my life mottos. Is, okay. One is excellence is kingdom, perfection is religion. Okay. And then the second one is my main deal is worship first and capture second. Sure, yeah. Um, or a lot of people take that to worship first, production second. Yeah. So it's almost, if you really think about it, it's almost like an oxymoron, right? Wait, you're wanting me to be excellent, but then you're wanting me to worship. How do I worship yeah. and do my job second, you know? Yeah. It's getting to that point as a people, as a person, to know that your craft, whatever you're doing, whether it's TDing, LD, lighting, you know, all yeah. that stuff, getting to a spot where you can in your heart actually like, no, this is my act of worship. Like, right, right. I'm actually like whenever I, for me, whenever I step up to the console and I start to switch for worship or a sermon, I always take a little bit of time to kind of almost center myself. Like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm here. What do you want to do through me? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is, am I fighting for my breakthrough and if I'm not, like, if I'm like, man, Lord, you, it's been a good month or a good week, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, everything feels good, Lord. Uh, I go into it as if I'm not fighting for my breakthrough, I'm fighting for somebody else's breakthrough on mm -hmm. the other side of the lens. Yeah. And so finding that as well, it's like it's been a constant journey for me to find that balance as well. Be like, when I step up to the console, yes, it's stressful, chaotic. There's so many moving pieces. But... If I already throughout the week was focused on excellence and getting things, then I can actually focus on worshiping when I'm doing my job. Right. Yeah, I think the, yeah. the thing about excellence that I love is that it's all, oh, I was about to say it's all relative. So maybe I believe this. So excellence looks different for you than it does for me. Just right. because of my own experience, your experience, the tools at my disposal, the, my team, your team the expectations of leadership, you know, there's like right. all these factors, totally. but the thing I love about, you know, kind of excellence versus perfection is that we can all be excellent. What do right. you have in front of you? Do yeah. your best with it. Yeah. And, and I can always be getting better. I can always be tweaking. I can always be learning from mistakes and being, uh, I like to define excellence as better today than yesterday. Yeah. I mean, pff, yeah. Well, we can all do that. doesn't matter what category you're in. Yeah. Uh, what size your church, how big your budget is. Right. And yeah. also looking looking for, like, God will put people in your path sometimes, like, where you're like, man, why are they keep saying this isn't right or what's going on with this? And, you know, it's like, I yeah, I looked at it already. But then you can either do one of two things is step back and be like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm the, <laughs> you know, I'm the guy. This is it, you know. And or you could take that as well. Actually, did I forget something? Did I miss something? Right, right. You know, and look at that as the whole. You know, the whole iron sharpens iron. Yeah, right. You know, you have take that as a learning experience and be like, okay, did I miss this? And but not dwell on it. I, sure. I found that it's easy. Maybe I don't know if it's just me, but as a production guy, it was easy for me. A production guy in a church, I should say. It was easy for me to get to a spot where I would be beating myself up on a sure. Sunday yeah, yeah. if 
something went wrong. And right. I'm like, man, I should have I should have thought about that. You know, like, oh gosh, like this this you know, this isn't working. I should have checked it. And even though I did double check it, yeah. You it's technology, it's a live environment. Sure, right. Mistakes happen, things happen. Yeah. So to learn not to go home, beat yourself up on it and to realize like, hey, you know, the next day is going to be better. I'm going to go back and double check again. And if it fails, it fails. We figure out what's going on with it. Why is it failing? You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was a season of time, uh, this is going back a long time ago. Uh, so I was a TD at a church. We were in a portable situation. And so there was a six-month stretch, I want to say. felt Maybe it felt like six months. might have been only a couple weeks. But that uh, every Sunday, getting ready for rehearsal, something like, it wasn't working, you know, and it was mostly sound related. And so I would troubleshoot, you know, in the moment and we, you know, put us behind 10 minutes or whatever in rehearsal. And so the thing about it was, was that it was never the same thing twice. Like something new was breaking every week. And I was like, okay, now I'm learning. You know, if I hear this isn't working, check this first, you know? So I was learning along the way and getting better and better at the troubleshooting. And I can remember the music director finally at the end of the six months or however long it was basically like sat me down and like, we cannot have this happen anymore. And it made me realize like I'd been learning every weekend and getting better. But from his perspective, it was like, we're failing. You know, he doesn't know the difference between, you know, one problem versus another. Yeah. And yeah, just even even sharing that journey with someone else, like, hey, you know, I know this happened and this is what I'm doing about it. And okay, this week this happened, which is totally different. And this is what I'm doing about it. And right, right now I'm writing, uh, I've been writing something about just trust that's required between like the production side and the creative yeah. idea side. And some of that is just like sharing the struggles, you know, hey, this is what's going on. I just need you to know. Right. Yeah. No, communication is the biggest drawback in any organization or anything, but especially when you're in production, like especially communicating with your senior leaders, if Mm -hmm. you have that direct access or your whoever is in your upper management over you, like letting them know, I was aware of this issue. We fixed this issue. Another issue came up. <laughs> We're fixing that, you yeah. know. But just keeping constant communication. So when they do come down like, hey, it's been a few weeks and this has happened. Yeah. And you, you're able to at least, but not communicate it. And I should say, don't communicate it in a way where you're just like, well, I told you that right, this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I told like you. If you want to just buy yeah. <laughs> Bought this, then we could have fixed it, you know? Yeah. But really in a way of really opening up lines of communication with you, with your management that you're like, hey, this is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's this A, B, C, D. Yeah. We're working on it, you know? Um, Even because, yeah, because they're just seeing the big picture and what's happening in the big picture. They're not looking at all the finite stuff that we have to deal right. with. Well, and they shouldn't be. Yeah, they're they're right. designed for the big picture stuff and our job is the, you know, the the nitty-gritty. And maybe going back a little bit to what you said way back, uh, you know, the idea of the old auditoriums being held up by duct tape and dreams. Like there's a part of that that I I mean, there's a big part of that I love, but there's also the, the part where like too much duct tape is a problem. 
Yes. Or if nobody yes. knows there's duct tape involved, you know, that's also totally, a problem. Yeah. That's sort of what we're talking about. It's like fixing problems or, may, hey, this is, this is going on and we're, like, we're fixing it this way. Right. But just want you to know when the duct tape gives way, then yeah. we, got, we have a <laughs> yeah. problem. We have an issue. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's the same, like, I really feel like there's people that are listening as well that are just like, well, you know, if I only had this tech, if I only had this piece of gear, if I only had this, and really, you know, or they're looking at guys like us, you know, that we have bigger, better, right? Yeah, it, yeah. it just comes with bigger and better problems. Really. <laughs> it's just it's just on a whole new stress level for That's me. That's right. Yeah, like it's it's not it's not easier. Yeah, it's the yeah scale is always the the challenge. So if I always used to say. You know, if you're a small church and you need a couple of LED par cans, but, but you don't have $500, you know, that's like tough. Well, right. I mean, if you do the equivalent of two par cans at Willow Creek, it's, I need 20. Yeah. And so I don't yeah. have, you know, $50,000 or whatever the right, equivalent. Totally. I don't, I still can't do what, you know, the small upgrade, uh, just because yeah. scale is a problem. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More scale, more problems. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Going back to, you know, the posture of worship that you bring to what you're doing. I mean, where yeah. did you, because I think it's so, it's so, e there's so much to get done, so many things to get right. better that it's easy just to get wrapped up in the task at hand. I mean, was there a moment that you sort of realized, like, I, this needs to be about more than just the task for you personally? Yeah, for me, it goes to my why. Long story short, we got through a whole week of a conference, and I was going to have Saturday off. It's going to be, yeah, mm -hmm. finally, a day off. Yeah. of I think, and even prepping to the conference, I only had, I didn't have any days. So like two weeks straight yeah. of no day off. Come Saturday, hey, something was wrong with the jib on Friday night. We couldn't get it working. Could you come in and, and fix it? Uh -huh. <laughs> and I'm like... Oh, okay. Like, just totally. And then the next, I was scheduled for the 6 a.m. call time cool. on Sunday for, you know, this 8 a.m. service. So Sunday rolls around. I'm just like, Lord, just get me through this day. Sure, yeah. I'm just going to go in and do my job. Yeah. Don't want to talk to any, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm done. I'm empty, yeah. I just, I just yeah. empty. And uh, sitting there getting some SDI cables or fiber cables up to to the cameras and getting things going. And I hear this girl behind me and she's like, hey, is that Stephanie Gretzinger up on stage doing worship? And I'm looking, yeah, yeah, that's her. Yeah. Go back to fiddling with the camera, you know. And I hear behind me like these whimpers. <laughs> Just She starts to cry mm -hmm. and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like what is that? Oh, yeah. Lord. I just, want I just to wanted to do camera. my job. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> just want to do my job, go in the back and come out during service. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, she starts crying and her family walks in and uh, talking to you with the dad because the dad starts immediately bawling when she's like, Dad, that's Stephanie. And so they turn around and I go, Okay, Lord, I. I'm gonna be the good Christian. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna ask them, you know, good Christian staff member, right? Yeah, ask right, them, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, is everything okay? And when they he told me, he's basically said, 
my daughter would not be alive today because of Steph- if it wasn't for Stephanie's worship. Mm, mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, okay, it kind of hit a little bit. And yeah, then yeah. he looked at me and said, thank you for being able, available to be on camera mm. to stream this throughout the world because you're a part of that. My daughter, if we couldn't see it, my daughter wouldn't be here with us today. Wow. And yeah, my heart sank. I'm like, oh, Lord, it's like, this is what it's really about. <laughs> yeah. So that shifted my whole thinking. No matter how hard it got, crazy days where you're not working, you feel... Now, there is a balance, again, like there's times when you actually like, hey, we need time off because, yeah. yeah, yeah. you know, we're just built that way. That's 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 the way God made us. You need Sabbath. You, yeah. need, you need to take time off. But there are also seasons when you just really can't afford that much time off. Uh, so... Yeah, it was one of those things like, okay, this is what it's about. And every time, especially here, we go so fast and so hard sometimes <laughs> with certain deals that we, uh, it's hard sometimes to see, like, oh, I really got to take time off. Like, right, right. <laughs> just because there's just a lot to do. The thing that's so hard for me was, uh, and still is, that, like, there are people like that out there whose lives are being changed. God is using what we're doing. You know, the the idea of, production being a transparent vehicle for God to use to, you know, for us to create an environment where people have the potential to meet with God. Right. Feels like such a weighty thing. And so, yeah, me just being tired doesn't feel like enough of a reason to not be, you know, cranking it out one more day. Yeah. But the reality is we, yeah, we do need time off. We do need boundaries. Yeah. Uh, But I just think "Ah, that's so hard to it is. It's the hardest thing to, to really. I've, uh, what I've found for me that's been helping me a lot is, pretty much, putting my phone and do not disturb and trying not to touch it at all. Sure. The coolest thing about my, I know there's iPhone and and Android guys out there, but the yeah. coolest thing, there's a the the new iOS that comes out. I kind of like to put it on my phone ahead of time. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I have it on my phone, and the coolest thing they're coming out with uh, that's going to come out in the fall is you can set up Do Not Disturb for certain apps and people now. Okay, all right. So I have a like a time when I'm home, and I hit the home Do Not Disturb. Okay. And the only text I get or calls would be from my wife or our production director. Sure, okay. And that's it. And everything else goes silent. Like, it even takes away the the little red numbers the, that oh, shows. Really? Like, awesome. it takes that away. So okay. your screen is completely clear. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. I mean, I like I said earlier, you know, we you don't need to talk me into, like, spending more time doing production stuff. I love it. I can't right. get enough of it. And so it does require some level of... Um, uh, discipline to shut it off and and devote your time to something else. Yeah. And I think that yeah. time away makes us better at, you know, that, that unconscious space that, yeah. you know, ideas are formulating that you don't even yeah. know is happening. But if you're always doing... 100%. Not giving your yeah. brain a rest. Yeah. I, I've noticed, especially here being at Transformation... I've noticed that every time that I've actually had a few days off, that I come back not just refreshed, like physically, but mentally, like I'm getting new 
new ideas, right. new things, new ways of approaching a certain issue. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, I could have stayed and tried to work hard on that issue and probably came up with a, de- a solution. Yeah. But it might have been like a Band-Aid versus a full-fledged solution to fix an issue, right? Sure, right. One of the things uh, – so I'm a huge Winston Churchill fan. So I read all the biographies, uh, all the movies, nice. documentaries. Yeah, it's probably an obsession. My wife makes fun <laughs> of me. It's fine. Uh, but he was a watercolor painter. One of the things he talks about that's so beneficial for him during World War II is that as he's driving in a car, you know, he's being driven to wherever, the next meeting or to the front or whatever, he would see like a tree and think, oh, that's an interesting color. I wonder how I would paint that. And it, it would just get him thinking about yeah. that. And it might have been only for 20 seconds or less or whatever. Right. But he, he just talks about that regenerate, you know, that moment of not stressing about the thing that's. I mean, if you could imagine, like, the weight yeah, of all gosh. that's on him Ugh. to be able yeah. to escape for just a minute at a time was, yeah, such a huge uh, benefit to him. And so yeah, I think about that often. Like, you know, I've got my family, but do I have anything else that captures my attention even just for a right. moment? Um, because I think it would make me a better whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah find that, uh, I like to call it the release. You know, yeah. find that release for you. Like, if it's going out fishing go fishing like figure out a time when you can just do that even if it's for honestly 15 minutes i went out fishing for 15 to 20 minutes yeah that in itself it's just totally refreshing you know yeah it's the hardest thing to balance yeah i had a friend (laughs) who they bought he ended up buying a house on a lake real tiny tiny lake because he's like i just want when i go home i want it to feel like i'm on vacation so just like walk to the backyard yeah, yeah fish for a couple minutes and then go jump and take care of the kids or whatever, but right, yeah, yeah, yeah so good. I know you've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned it earlier, just like talking with people, helping share ideas or just, you know, whoever needs help. And so you've been posting a ton on Instagram and your Insta stories are always full of like helpful tips and, you know, yeah, yeah ask me any question. You've been doing the production hangs while testing out, what was it like show flow live or something like that? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, what what uh, what motivates you to do that stuff? Yeah, just helping as much as I can, really. I when I was, yeah, I guess growing up in the industry, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of people talking about how they do things, the way they do, mm-hmm. why they do it. Even to the point of when we were at Bethel, when I started at Bethel, I was starting to ask questions like, "Hey, this is really great." we should probably share this on social media because there's people out there that would want to know. Because right. me, before I got to Bethel, wanted to know how Bethel did things, yeah, right? right? Yeah. And I'm like, how did they do this shot? Or even just gear, like what kind of gear are they using for this? Right, you know? right. So when I took over the department there, I was like, I really want to start to let people in on the secrets, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> felt, at, the, at that time, it felt like the secrets, right. you know, like, <laughs> this is what we do. Yeah. But yeah, I just, so I just started posting on social media and being like, hey, this is how we do our run-throughs. This is what we do for, you know, worship. We do it like this or we, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. This is our switcher. This is our gear. And it kind of just snowballed into people just asking questions and all this stuff. So, once Instagram stories kind of started coming to fruition and yeah. being, you know, I was like, hey, ask me a question. So, yeah, and it's really just, I just want to be 
there to help as much people as possible because I was once that person that was like, man, I really wish I knew how to do that with the camera because if I did, that could help me out here in my situation. Right, right. Or if I knew what gear that they were using, I could either try to budget for that or find something comparable within my budget range for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, just helping as much people as I can. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, I I wouldn't consider myself a video person, but I definitely have loved just kind of following along and watching what you're doing. And like I said, your breakout for Philo, I loved like your examples that you showed and just kind of explaining the zone system and, you know, just, yeah, 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 like revealing the secret sauce for people. I mean, I I think it's so open-handed and if you, if you look outside, you know, production outside the church, a lot of that can be very like, uh, I'm not letting anyone know what my secret sauce is. And so to see someone like yourself doing some really amazing things at, you know, part of transformation, um, yeah, uh, I really appreciate you oh, taking the time to do it because it's not, it's not like you don't have enough to do, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I was thinking the other day. I was like, man, I haven't done one of those production hangs thing in a long time. Like, yeah. I gotta start. I gotta start doing it. The reason why I talk about like it's not it's like showing the secrets and all that, but it really like it shouldn't be that. That's why. That's also part of the reason why I wanted to share it. Like, it shouldn't be a competition. It's not a competition. Yeah, right. We're one body. And we can all learn. From, there are things that I have actually learned from a smaller church than Bethel or Transformation. Yeah, right. Because they're doing certain like procedures and processes. I'm like, I could actually use that, and, and it can help me in, right. in this, you know, quote unquote, mega church, big church. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think especially like at a smaller church, you have maybe your constraints are way tighter. And so you have to be creative. Like I have some right. friends that they uh, they do production at a small church in Sweden, actually. And they have, I mean, maybe they have 50 people coming to their church, but their setup is they have two side screens and a wide, like a double wide center. Yeah, and, yeah. And so they had, at the time, they had no like edge blending software. And so they right. had figured out how to put something at a certain point in front of the lens of each of the two uh, center projectors that would blend that edge that, yeah. yeah, it's like, it works. And, you know, it cost you, you know, two bucks and maybe, you know, a few nights of yep. figuring out what the yep. heck was going on, but like, ah, yeah. there's something to be learned from that. Yeah. And that's even, I mean, even on the bigger budget stuff too, where like that whole water floor thing we did, yeah. like people are like, Oh, if we had the money, we spent less than 800 bucks for yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, it's so amazing. Like, yeah. And a lot of it was because I came into it from that perspective of how can and this is probably something for people that that are more, you know, churches of 2000 or 3000 or more. It's like for me, I look at it as we can do this really cool production stuff, but also how can we do it kind of like on a lower budget. Right, right. Because I want it also to be, you know, I want another church to do that. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want them having to be like, well, we can't, you know, we can only do a small kitty pool, yeah. you know, <laughs> of water. You right. know? Yeah. But it's like we can actually do it in a way where it still seems excellent. It has high production value. Yeah. But it's also tech quote unquote low budget. Sure. Right. right. Yeah. One of the things I love 
about what you're doing or what's happening at uh, Transformation Church is that like the idea of the kid, you know, the pool with the rain and all that, it's not like a cool production idea. It's motivated yeah. by the content. Like right. how can we support the content? And so yeah. as a result, you're doing cool production stuff. It's not just like we have a cool LED wall because we can. It's right. like it's motivated by something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. From a production standpoint, if I'm just a t- production person, it's hard to see past the the rain and the, you know, the boat on stage to see, you know, I just see the production side of it versus like the right. reason we're doing it is to create a memorable moment that right. that God can hopefully use to. Yeah. You know, our whole thing here at Transformation is um, representing and it's to represent God to the lost and found mm-hmm. for transformation in Christ. And that's our main model. Like, we're going to try to do everything and anything short of sinning <laughs> to reach those that God wants to reach, you know? Uh-huh. And so in that, it's like, yeah, we'll we'll do an outlandish production that looks crazy, but it created a memorable, a memorable moment for somebody that day. Yeah. Like they never thought about the gospel in this way until they saw that illustration. Right, right. You know, and then on top of that, you know, we have countless of people that are quote unquote celebrities, famous people that are actually texting saying, hey, thank you so much. You know, I rededicated my life. I did that. And right. oh, man. it's just reaching a whole different audience. And a lot of people will kind of get get sucked up into well, we, you know, we're doing this for the church and church members and they forget about like there's a whole group of people out there that they don't like normal church. Right, right. <laughs> you yeah. know. So, how can we, you know, in essence represent God to those people that yeah. are hurting because they were in a church before but got hurt or offended by something? Yeah. And like, how do you reach out to those people? And that's a constant, like, even for us in production here, it's one of those things of how do we represent? Like, you know, I have some ideas. I, I'm constantly sketching. I'm constantly trying to think of different ways that we can present it to Pastor Mike and say, hey, these are options while you're praying and writing your sermon. These are options of things that we could do. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's really helped. It's it's really helped. It's been really cool. Yeah, I think uh, just doing uh, rain on stage for the sake of doing rain on stage doesn't really accomplish anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I just love that it's it's uh, what you guys have been doing. It really supports what the church is about versus just doing cool things. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Way to go. Great. Well, I I really appreciate you taking some time. This has really been great, and I. Yeah. I would love to have you on again. Actually, I would love to. Yeah, yeah. honored to. Just, honored I to. love. I love the conversations that go beyond the technology and talk about the heart. Because I think, without uh, this, is maybe a whole other topic. But I see <laughs> in our society so many people that are cynical. You know, they just become yeah. dead inside and mm-hmm. uh, in their jobs, in dealing with people. And I think, you know, in some professions that can be deadly, you know, if you're a right. doctor or a police officer or, you know, an accountant, I mean, there, but yeah. you know, there yeah. are some that like you can see what it can do. And I think for us tech people, it's not as obvious what happens when our heart shrivels up uh, True. into no, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I think 
there are consequences that if we're not careful, we the cynicism and the the kind of callousness right. will just will destroy us. And so I just love that, you know, what where your heart is, where the heart of Transformation Church is. Just it's uh, awesome. Thank I'd you. I'd be praying yeah. for you guys to, to keep it going. Yeah. 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 Thank you. So thanks for joining us. Oh, honored. Honored. Thank you. I really love talking to Chad. I loved his heart, not just for production, but for his own personal worship. It's not something that we talk a lot about, especially as tech people, and just so appreciate yeah, his insight and his own personal walk with Christ. And when we started talking about Transformation Church's old auditorium being held together by duct tape and dreams, I think that's so amazing. I mean, how many rolls of duct tape does it take to pull off your Sunday service? You know, the average church? What would you think? Well, it's a trick question because you shouldn't be using duct tape. You should be using gaff tape. That's a lot more expensive too. Anyway, but I love the idea of being resourceful with what you've been given and making it work one more weekend. In his other statement, excellence is kingdom, perfection is religion. I mean, that's a new way of looking at an old challenge, which is figuring out the difference between being excellent and being perfect. It's not a line that exists in stone and it's changing every day and in every situation. And it looks different for each of us, you know, based on the size of our church, your own personal experience. I mean, excellence is different. And at some point, only each of us know when we tip out of excellence and into perfection. And this is probably one of those tensions in life to be managed more than there is an answer that works in all situations. Uh, So thanks, Chad, for helping us think beyond the immediate pressures of the weekend and really look at why we're doing it, how we're doing it, so important. All right, as we continue on with the summer, hopefully things are a little quieter than normal. Not totally quiet, but just like a slower pace maybe. Um, And this would be a great time to pour into yourself, to invest in yourself. And we've got a lot of great free resources that you can tap into to do just that. You can subscribe to the Philo Podcast. You can stay up to date with new content every three weeks, but we've also got some really strong podcasts in our archives that are worth a listen or a re-listen. For example, we got episode 23 was with Reed Wall from Hillsong Church, and we talked a lot about production culture. Episode 37 was Justin Firesheets, and we talked about the people. It's all about people. And then episode 45 was with Caleb Wilcox, and we talked about the fact that tech people need to worship also. So you can find links to these podcasts in the show notes. But like I said, all the podcast episodes are really great and a great way to invest in yourself. And also during the summer, we've been working on adding more content to the Philo blog. And so you can go to the blog at philo.org slash blog. And there's content there to help you develop as a leader, as a Christ follower, and as a technical artist. And these are great resources to share with others on your team. You know, one of our goals at Philo, just a reminder, is to help make technical artists more effective so their churches can become more effective. And if your whole team is reading the same blog or listening to the same podcast, you can become more effective together, which means that your team has the chance to have a big impact on achieving your church's vision. Don't forget to get on the waiting list for the next round of Philo Cohorts, another great way to invest in yourself. You'll be the first one in line to get notified when the next cohort fires up and have the first option to sign up to be a part of a small group of technical artists. You can also keep up to date with everything Philo by 
again, subscribing to this podcast, or you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Philo Community or on Twitter at Philo Conference. Uh, It's really been great to be with you again. And yeah, we'll see you in August. 